please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Vagabond Exchange podcast. Starring me, Emily, and you. There's no one else here. <laughs> William. William. Hi. William's here, everybody. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. We've had so much cold weather in the last couple of weeks. We have. We had a real bad uh, snowstorm about two weeks ago. It was terrible. Here in Nashville. Yes. And uh, you were stuck in traffic for about... Three hours. Three hours. Yes, to go about mm, 18 miles. Yeah. It just came... It's good times. R- ...really fast, so... <laughs> and then it snowed. <laughs> oh. hey <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a beautiful day. It's mm-hmm. like sunny and 70. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. If you hear a little songbird, it's because we've got the window open. The door Or open. the door, yeah. I didn't know if they would understand what that meant, so I said window. <laughs> Telling lies. Yeah. What's a door? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> they probably wonder why we had the door open. That seems kind of unsafe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, depending yeah. on where they are. Yeah. yeah. If they're, like, in... Kansas. It's, then it's really probably unsafe. okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, there's a lot going on this week. Oh, yeah? Got a lot of protests going on everywhere. I know. The country's in a state of unrest. The na- the world is in a, a state, state of, of unrest. unrest. Yes. And uh, What about you? Are you personally in a state of unrest? No, not at this time. Okay. Yeah. Good. I was about five minutes ago. What was wrong? Uh, it's just incontinence. <laughs> incontinence. Yeah, I'm, I'm good now, though. You're good. You'll be cold in a minute, though. Uh, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um... What else? I don't know. Just things in the news. Anything jump out at you? No. Are we talking about? Are we really talking about things in the news? Yeah, I'm just any current events. Anything happening that? Well, there's a lot of things happening. I yeah, mean, but I anything that piques your interest. The only thing that piques my interest is the the news about budget cuts, specifically in the state of Michigan. As everyone knows, that's where I'm from, and. My family's there, so they're impacted by cuts to public services that they use. So is this state cuts in Michigan that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? What are they? Um, it's mostly schools, um, some public services like health care, public transportation, which is they have very little of anyway, but it's just more of the same. No, they have doing more with less. They have unions like Yes. Wisconsin, right? So yes. Wisconsin's going through all this stuff, and they're saying, you know, it could spread yeah. throughout the uh, Midwest. Which it wouldn't surprise me, because Ohio is kind of going through the same thing, too. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of states that are trying to get rid of teachers' unions. So I looked for that to be kind of a trend. And, and apparently there's something going on in Tennessee, too, where they're trying to get by. They have to have 51% of the vote, but they're trying to get by with, like, 49% or something. How does that work? I don't know. There's a lawsuit. I know very little. I heard about it from a woman whose sister is a teacher. Oh. So. 
I read a uh, they had a a public phone call, a phone poll, PPP. I guess that's what they call oh. here in Tennessee, and then asking people who they would vote for against you know as far as for president mm-hmm. uh, between Obama and other Republican. Who were the other Republicans? Uh, Newt Gingrich, Mike Huckabee, Mitt Romney, and Sarah Palin, I believe. Who won? The, all Mitt of them Romney? beat Obama. Like, well, they would say yeah, Obama against Gingrich, Obama, except for Palin, they tied. What? Yeah, but Gingrich beat Obama by like three points. Doesn't that scare you a little bit, that little Palin bit. and Obama tied? I know. And she beats him in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> but I don't know she's... I still don't know if she's going to run. It's getting late for them to announce a candidate, right? I mean, isn't it usually this time of year? Well, it's this time of year that people say that they're going to run. Right, yeah. but no one said that. Yeah, but they said that they're they're going to... It's like they're waiting to see who... But Romney said he's going to run, so he's like the first one. Yeah, I don't think they'll nominate a Mormon. Yeah. Is he Mormon? Yeah. Yeah. Giuliani, I think, is going to run. <laughs> Stop Donald doing that. Trump, I wonder if he's... Serious about running. I don't know. I don't think this is a problem with the guy who's the governor in Michigan. He's a businessman. And so he has, this is kind of a hobby for him. And I sort of disagree with politics as a hobby because I think you don't care as much about it, maybe. Right. But he, his big thing is like he's asked for all these state employees to take teachers you know everyone who's considered a state employee to take pay cuts and his to to show solidarity he's going to make his salary one dollar a year but he's like a millionaire right so So it has no effect on him exactly so it's like telling a family whose household income is sixty thousand dollars a year that they're going to get a cut is different from you whose household income is three million dollars a year right so there's a lot of but then again they nominated him so did they know he was going to do that? Well, no, but th- those were his credentials. I mean, he was... No, well, I mean, when he was running to to become governor. No, this was something that he proposed as part of the budget cuts. Oh, okay. It, it, he didn't run on a platform of, I'll only take a dollar salary per year. Did he? Did, but did he propose that there would have to be budget cuts, state budget cuts? Um. There was talk of balancing the budget, but right. he uh, he, he talked detail. a lot about schools, okay. which Michigan has pretty decent public schools in areas that are not uh, failing, like Detroit and Flint and stuff. All the other er- th- th- people are taxed pretty heavily, and there's millages and things that support public schools. So I think it'll be kind of a hit to them to experience all these budget cuts. Yeah. So, and, you know, when you're a millionaire... You can take $1 a year because you have, I'm sure he's got investments everywhere, so he's making uh, interest on everything. Right. So, I mean, he gets a salary even if it's not from actually working. I mean, he could go sit on the lake and, and I'm probably passing too much judgment, but. Well, here's my question. Like what's going on in Wisconsin and Michigan with uh, the government saying or taking less of taking the voice out of the people. It mm-hmm. seems that's how I perceive it. Right. Is that right? Right. But but uh, these states, I think they all have Republican governors, right? At least Michigan yeah. does. Yeah, Wisconsin. And does. Michigan's primarily a progressive blue state. So I'm kind of like Republicans typically run on the platform that they want to take the government out of the, out of right. the hands of the government. They want it to be in the hands of the people. Right. But all of these budget cuts 
appear to do the opposite of that. That's yeah. That's why I don't understand. Like collective bargaining seems to allow people to keep their voice and kind of be in control of their right. destiny. Right. And what they're doing seems to be taking it away from them. Totally. And so the Tea Party is real supportive of the Republican governor in Wisconsin. Right. And I guess I just don't get it. It seems to go against what they believe. But shocking. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway. Sorry. Um. So that's the. So this concludes the current fix. events portion of our podcast. Yes. Crossfire, Emily and William. <laughs> right, because we'd be like really hard hitting interviewers. I wouldn't be. I'd be like, "What do you like to do? Like, I love your shirt." <laughs> <laughs> we should get a drink later. <laughs> Seriously, you'd be like pissed off. You have you'd have like an eight page questionnaire with like thoughtful, it would well on plotted it out was. questions. What if it was Obama? I'd have some hard-hitting questions for him. But you'd be buddies with him, too, because you like him. I like him. Yeah. I'd like, I like him, too. I'd be buddies with him. But not... But you're more um, critical. You have a more, more critical, critical eye of him than I do. I do. I have a critical eye of everyone. I know. It's my right eye. Okay. Is it? Can you tell? I can. See how critical it is? Yeah. And cr- a little bit cross <laughs> and lazy. Shut up. You're mean to me. <laughs> I was president in 1959 when the state of Wisconsin was the first state in the union to authorize uh, collective bargaining by state employees. And to have it wiped out in less than five days without any previous explanation just isn't right. So in other news, the Oscars Mm -hmm. are taking place in a few days, in a week, right? Yeah. Today's Sunday, February 20th. And so what we're going to do now... Is we're going to briskly go through the <laughs> we nominees. We always say we're going to do it so quickly. And then Best we're like, picture. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Directed by this guy and this guy. <laughs> okay, so. All right. Just want to go down the line? Yes. Okay. So Best Picture nominees are Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, The King's Speech, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Yes. Pick. The social network. Agreed. Yep. Do we have to say anything more? No, we talked about this movie. We love it. Go see it. If you haven't, it's great. It'll win. Yep. Bye. It won't win, but I think maybe (laughs) we should say who who we think will win and who we think should win. I think the social, I truly think the social network was the best movie out of that, all those. I agree. But I think... I don't know. I think the Academy kind of looks on um, movies that are kind of like new and hip like that right. as not as worthy right. as like, say, a Coen Brothers movie or period film, whatever. So that's why I think they won't, won't necessarily win. So you think The King's Speech will win Best Picture? I think maybe that, maybe Black Swan. They've both gotten a lot of hype. Yeah. I'll say The King's Speech. Okay. Do you want to do this one? Sure. Uh, actor... In a leading role, Javier Bardem in Beautiful, Jeff Bridges in True Grit, Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network, Colin Firth in The King's Speech, and James Franco in 127 Hours. So tough. I I think in who I... Yes, I think in the person who I want to win is Colin Firth. Okay. I think Colin Firth will win. I would love to see Jesse Eisenberg win. And, uh, Did you have a crush on him? Just, I thought he was awesome. 
You can tell us. In the movie. I do. I'm looking at you with my credit And to card. tell you the truth, I think that um, Paul Giamatti could have easily been nominated for this. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll review Barney's version in a few minutes, yeah. but it, he was great in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Best actor in a supporting role? Whew. I made drinks and they're strong. Christian Bale for The Fighter. John Hawks for Winter's Bone. Jamie Renner for The Town. Mark Ruffalo for The Kids Are All Right. And Jeffrey Rush for The King's Speech. Um, I think uh, Christian Bale will win. Um, actually, my favorite supporting actor isn't in this category. is Andrew Garfield from The Social Network. Right. So I think uh, Colin, or Christian Bale will win. I think he... It's a part of that role. It's just a tiny bit gimmicky for me. Right. But I think he will. He should win. Anytime you're playing a role that's... You've already got the subject matter in front of you. Like where you didn't completely invent that character yourself. Right. He, he was great. I don't want to take away from that. But I, I understand what you're saying. I'm split between he and Jeffrey Rush. Because I thought he was great too in the King's Speech. So I'm going to say I don't know. But it's between the two of them. Okay. Uh, actress in a leading role Annette Benning in The Kids Are Alright Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone Natalie Portman in Black Swan and Michelle Williams in Blue Valentine Michelle Williams, Blue Valentine That's who you think should win That's who I think should win I think either Annette Benning or Natalie Portman will win um, Yeah, Michelle Williams uh, with the part of me being partial to Nicole Kidman, I really liked her in Rabbit Hole. I know you didn't. Too. No, I liked her. I just I didn't think she was as good as Michelle Williams. Okay, I agree. But um, but yeah, I think uh, Natalie Portman will win. Even Jennifer Lawrence, I thought she did a great. Yeah, job I too. think if she came in as kind of the um, underdog, the sleeper. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be great. sleeper. Good, good word. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to be supportive. Thank you. Okay, so Best Actress in a Supporting Role, we have Amy Adams for The Fighter, Helena Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, Melissa Leo for The Fighter, Haley Steinfeld for True Grit, and Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom. Right. Now, we haven't seen Animal Kingdom. Right. So, um, so this is biased. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the should win. Uh, I'm torn between Melissa Leo and Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. But I'll say Melissa Leo. I'm the same way. Um, we'll win Melissa Leo. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, animated feature film. I don't know if we can do this one. We haven't seen any of these. No. I'm guessing Toy Story 3, but maybe The Illusionist. I hear good things. It could be. Let's see. What others? Do you want to do Art Direction? Sure. Art yeah. Direction's kind of fun. Okay. And I've seen all those, even though you haven't. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Best Art Direction, Alice in Wonderland, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, Part 1, Inception, The King's Speech, and True Grit. I am going to say, for art direction, I am going to say should win Alice in Wonderland. I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Just because I'm in the tank for Harry Potter. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Although, Inception was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, but I don't know if that's special effects Effects or or art. Yeah. Good point. Yep, you're right. I'm sticking with Harry. Harry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cinematography, Black Swan, Inception, The King's Speech, The Social Network, and True Grit. 
Cinematography. Mm-hmm. I guess Inception. What's cinematography? Like, what is the difference between cinematography, direction? I think cinematography is like photography. Yeah, how it's photographed, how it's shot. Well, then I kind of like Black Swan. I mean, I don't know. Um, Inception. Inception? Yeah. I'm going to go with True Grit. Just because I don't know if it's going to win in any other category. Okay. Although, are they nominated for screenplay? I may have to take that back. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, your turn. Do you want to do this one? Costume design. Alice in Wonderland. I <laughs> no, am... I mean, did you want to rank this one? Nope. Okay, okay. next. <laughs> Directing. Uh, Black Swan for Darren Aronofsky. The Fighter, David O. Russell. The King's Speech, Tom Hooper. The Social Network, David Fincher. And True Grit, Joel and Ethan Cohen. I'm going to say should win the social network, will win yeah, the social you? network. What was the director? Hmm, yeah, I'll go. I'll, same. I think what will happen is Ditto. Colin Firth will win the best actor, but I think the movie will be the social network. Maybe. Yeah, you're uh, probably right. It'll be like Avatar. No actors will win, but the, it'll win all the like movie awards. Yeah. Now, documentary we only saw Inside Job, so... Restrepo, is that how you say that? Yeah. That's on on, uh, Instant. You should watch that. And Exit Through the Gift Shop is, too. Oh, is it? So, we won't talk about that one because we don't know about it. Documentary short short subject, no. No. Film editing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Whoa, easy. We have Black Swan, The Fighter... The King's Speech, 127 Hours, and The Social Network. Uh, I'm going to say Black Swan. I'm going to say The Fighter. Okay. Yeah, you know what? There's, You're probably shots. right. The, the fight sequences. Uh, foreign language film we can't really do because <laughs> we haven't seen those. any of these. Boo for us. Usually we see one. We like, just saw the previews for Incendies like yesterday. Yeah. That's BS. Uh, makeup. Can we read it? Sure. Barney's version, The Way Back, and The Wolfman. We've seen two of these. and I thought the makeup in Barney's version was pretty good. It was really good. But I'm going to have to go with The Wolfman. The movie sucked, but yeah, pretty good. I don't really care, so I'm not making a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, music, original score. How to Train Your Dragon. I keep doing that. Inception, The King's Speech, 127 Hours, and The Social Network. Social Network. Yep, that's what I choose. Uh, music for Best Original Song, Country Strong, Tangled. Oh, wait, I guess I should say the name of the song. So Country Strong, the song is Coming Home. Tangled is I See the Light. 127 Hours, If I Rise, and Toy Story 3, We Belong Together, of course, by Randy Newman. I'm going to go with If I Rise. Yeah, me too, since that's the only movie we've seen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, plus, Randy Newman's got enough Oscars. And Country Country. Strong is boring. Um, Okay, we haven't seen those. Short film animated, we're not going to talk about that, or short film live action. Mm -hmm. Sound Sound editing. editing? 
Sound Editing, Inception, Toy Story 3, Tron, Legacy, True Grit, Unstoppable. I'm going to go with an Unstoppable because there's a lot of sound in there. Yeah. I'm going to go with Inception. Okay. Just the gunplay and everything. Pew, pew. Yeah, see? No. Sound mixing. No. Yeah. Visual, Visual effects. effects. Here we go. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, Hereafter, Inception, or Iron Man 2? Inception. Yeah. Here we go. Writing. Adapted screenplay. 127 hours. The Social Network. Toy Story 3. True Grit. Winner's Bone. Social Network. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. Social Network. That's great. (laughs) Best original screenplay, Another Year, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, and The King's Speech. Huh. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say The Kids Are All Right. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, there you go. Da 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 da. Those are our 2011 Oscar predictions. We will see you guys next Sunday. Yeah, we'll see you. We will. We will. We'll be on CNN. <laughs> we'll be on CNN. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You want to talk about movies? Sure. Since we just kind of talked about movies, mm-hmm. but now we'll talk about some actual movies. So we've seen some movies in the past few weeks. Um, some of them have been nominated. Some of them have not. Some of them should have been nominated. Some of them should not. I'm just kidding. Um, so just kind of run down the list here. A few weeks ago, we saw Rabbit Hole, which stars Nicole Kidman and Aaron Eckert, um, Diane Weist. Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, Sandra O. Oh. Um, some woman that we still haven't identified and some other kid. We'll talk about that later. But basically it's about a couple whose child was killed. Um, he's hit by a car at a young age, like three or four and about how this couple is kind of working their way through their grief. Um, the wife has gone catatonic and, just sort of floats about the house, sort of tries to erase any memories of the kid. Um, the dad's much more emotional, tries to kind of work through it in a way that I think he thinks he should, like support groups and talking about it, etc. Right. Um, oh, so uh, very good movie, very well acted. Um, a little bit, um, I mean, it's not like you haven't seen similar films before. right. right. Um, but I did think Aaron Eckert and um, Nicole Kidman did really good jobs acting. Agreed. Um, especially Nicole Kidman, because I'm not a big Nicole Kidman fan. Right. But she impressed me in this film. Agreed. I liked it. Um, it's obviously very sad because of the this, this subject line. Um, but they both did a great job. There's a, a guy in it who will talk... Well, once we remember his name, we'll talk about him. But he plays... The teenage boy who actually hits, the, hit, driving the car that hits 
Nicole Kidman and Aaron Eckert's child, and he has kind of a interesting but weird role in this movie. And he was really he was really well acted as well. Yeah. So and good job by the supporting characters too, Sandra Oh and Diane Weist. Yeah, yeah, I actually thought Diane Weist could have been nominated yeah. for supporting actress. She did a great job. Yeah. So what would you give Rabbit Hole? I'd give it a solid. Actually, I give it a seven point eight. Yep, I was thinking seven point five. Were so, you? Yep. Is that what you were thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There was a movie last year called Rabbit Hole. 7.4. There we go. So the kid's name, Miles, Miles Teller. 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 Um, oh, oh Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. And who was the girl who played her sister? Tammy Blanchard? Yes. She was good, too. Yeah. She plays kind of a free-spirited sister. Right. Yeah. But actually... Well, yeah. Yeah. Turns out to be more stable than the rest of them, yeah, kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, go out and see it. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we also checked out Inside Job, yeah. too, which is a documentary about the financial collapse in 2008. Yes. Was that when that happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- features interviews with, like, every financial guru Executive between, and, yeah. Yeah. Elliot Spitzer. Spitzer. All the ones that didn't get their hands dirty. Or, right. Or did get their hands dirty and then realized that they didn't want to be in this documentary. Right. it's too late. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and it, it basically just chronicles how the collapse happened, how basically it was something that could have been avoided and was orchestrated by those who are greedy and wealth-seeking. Right. Um, and it's... At the expense of... American taxpayers. Taxpayers and those who had investments with various companies whose stocks were overinflated or turned into things that they weren't supposed to be or misrepresented. Right. I think that's kind of the gist of it. You learn about, you know, derivatives and hedge funds and how people bet against people build them and then bet against what they've built because they know they'll fail yeah so it's kind of it's hard to watch that's hard for me to watch that stuff yeah but i think it's important to be aware of it yeah and it's uh critical of everyone i mean it's critical of bush it's critical of obama Obama. yeah kind of points out it goes all the way back to reagan right yeah Yeah. but it points out how you know about the very same people that kind of led to this collapse were then put on, into the Obama administration. Right. It, it just kept being, I mean, Clinton, Bush, but you know, Bush one, like Clinton, Bush cycle. two. Yeah. It was like Alan Greenspan just gets passed along like a, just yeah, like a piece intoxicating of candy. Joint. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so I would recommend seeing it. It's, I don't, I don't think it was biased solely because they do attack everyone. Right. And they show, and they, they show, they show how the initial deregulation starts and they sort of blame our Congress and senators for that. But then they also talk about the financial market, but then they also talk about people who were going out and getting these loans when they knew, you know, they were being convinced to get these loans because they thought it was kind of a never ending cash flow too. So, Everyone's to blame. It's like your responsibility on every, every level. Every front. And right. then you also look at all these executives that are just pulling down tens of millions of dollars in bonuses. And qu- quarterly. I mean, just ridiculous, stupid amounts of money. Yeah. And some of these people, I you know, I may have heard their names mm-hmm. before, but I didn't recognize their faces. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't even know the guy if you passed him on the street. No. I think it's that way on purpose. Ripping you apart, yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that was interesting is they talked about the CEO of... 
not Merrill Lynch. It was one of the ones, AIG, was it? And they said he had his own private elevator with an elevator, like, just to controller. His, right. He, they said you wouldn't see him. Like, no one who worked at the company would see him come and go. You had one chance of maybe seeing him when he got, came in the building and, one and left when he because left. the car is right out there waiting for right, him. Right, right. Is this the same guy that had, like, seven corporate jets? Jets, yeah. Yeah, so, ridiculous. Yep. So, okay, what would you, where would you rank this one? Oh, um, I would give it an eight. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. We actually, we tried to watch this documentary <laughs> in Toronto. Right. And we, I guess we had been on the move a good part of the day, so we were tired. And we <laughs> fell asleep. So we tried to, we had ordered it. Right. Pay-per-view or whatever. So the <laughs> Paid ne- a premium price right. for it, yeah. <laughs> the next day we go to watch it, and they're like, uh, after 24 hours, you can't watch it anymore. Right, which we were unaware of. So yeah. we actually went to the theater. And the funny thing was, I didn't remember half the stuff that was on. Because we first, watched probably half of it. Yeah. And first 10 remember. minutes, I remembered everything else was like yep. snippets. Oh, that was the other thing that I thought was interesting. I didn't realize how similar of a scenario had been created in Iceland. Yeah. They talk, the, that's sort of the preface for the, it's narrated by Matt Damon. That's probably one thing we should mention. Right. But they, they preface this whole collapse by, look at exactly what happened in Iceland. Deregulation, banks got too big, the whole country's undervalued Funny, now. Yeah. So, 8.1. Yeah, look at us close. being with All the norm. Accurate and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, check out Inside Job. It's like on video now, yeah. whatever, video. On VHS. Right. Um, so kind of in line with Inside Job, um, last week we went and checked out Company Men, or The Company Men, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, which stars Ben Affleck, Chris Cooper, Kevin Costner. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Uh, uh, Maria Judd Bello. T. Nelson. Maria Bello. Judd T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> Judd Nelson. <laughs> Judd Nelson is a different actor, it's a right? Breakfast Club guy. It's awesome. Judd T. Nelson. Nelson stars in... The company man. Where has he been? <laughs> He's got like an earring and gloves. <laughs> Pumps his fist in the air. Wrong movie, dude. <laughs> um, um, Craig Robinson from The Office. <laughs> we just mix all the names together. <laughs> Stop it. Um, and the woman who plays Ben Affleck's wife, Rosemary DeWitt or Witt, something like that. She was really good. Yeah. But the company men is, it basically is a story of these men who work for, um, I think they built like boats. It's a steel, sh- like steel. Like a shipping steel. Yeah. yeah. All the things related to like boats and shipping and all that stuff. Right. Um, but they basically are a, are victims of this whole collapse and are kind of laid off one right after the other right. and sort of how they each deal with it differently um ben affleck's sort of the main character i always feel like i call him affleck ben affleck um is sort of the main character and it follows his story he and his family's story um as they deal with the financial loss and coping with downgrading from what they have um, Kevin Costner plays his brother-in-law, who is very critical of his fat cat ways right. and has his own. He's much more of a blue-collar guy, construction guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of watch as these guys all come from these very affluent backgrounds. They're used to going out and playing golf every week, driving a Porsche, driving great cars, having you know. There's Huge a scene where footage. right yeah. there's a scene where uh, Tommy Lee Jones's wife says there's a piece of furniture she wanted 
So she got it, and it was like sixteen thousand dollars for, and it wasn't like a. It was like a decorative table, like right. not even functional. Right. Yeah. So, in some ways, there's certain characters that you feel worse for than others. Mm-hmm. Um, some there are times where you're thinking, well, you kind of like like you and I. I think we would say we're we're a little bit more cautious than that. Right. I don't think we would be of the idea that this could last forever. Right. But maybe you get so comfortable. That you can't possibly see it just How? suddenly going away. I, I, you know, I had trouble liking this movie because I thought it was a little presumptuous and maybe even a little cop- cocky to expect Middle America to go like enjoy and see this because. And I come from a very blue collar background, so maybe that's why I just sort of was offended by it. Right. But all of these men were like just leveled by the fact that their jobs had had ended. They were not prepared financially, emotionally. And you're right. Maybe there is some psychology behind like that kind of ego boost that you get when you're number one and the money's just rolling in. But like the one character, his family couldn't sustain like him being out of work. Twelve weeks after he was out of work, they were broke. Right. And I'm like... So First cute. of all, I don't necess- I don't believe necessarily that this guy would have only gotten a four month severance package. Like that was a little bit of a stretch <laughs> for me. But second of all, like I-, I can't feel sorry for you, dude. Like I think right. that was why you've, I couldn't enjoy it because I was like, I'm sorry. You've sorry already that you extended lost your- yourself exactly. because you think you're you're just going to be rolling in the dough for however long indefinitely. Right. right. So you buy this huge house in these nice this nice car. You have all these other expenses. Yep. And it's privilege. But I'm just thinking, the whole time I'm thinking, they don't have any retirement they can cash out. They don't have any, like it was just, it was a little too angsty for me. Well. You know what I mean? With the retirement, I think because the stock had Maybe dropped. Maybe that's what it then, was. But, you know, I guess, because Tommy Lee Jones seemed like the only one that was still comfortable. Stable, yeah. Um, yeah, and he was one of the original yeah, like, he came founders in, of the company. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel the way that you do. I had a hard time feeling sorry for anyone. Yeah. If anything, if the movie had been company men and been about, you know, construction workers, right. blue collar guys, cause these people are losing their jobs too. Right. And it has a much more profound effect than some guy or out of an executive the, office. The gamut. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know that. Just show, yeah. All phases. Right. Right. The, From the, the poor guy that's working the drive through all the way to the rich guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that I just was, it. I just couldn't. I couldn't enjoy. I, I. It was whatever. It was fine. And I liked the relationship between Ben Affleck's character and the wife. Like there were there were okay moments about it. And Tommy Lee Jones always pulls out a good performance. But right. it was hard to. It was hard to be emotionally invested in the characters. Yeah, there wasn't a protagonist where you're going. You're really rooting for rooting for the succeed. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like whatever. If you yeah. walk out of a movie and you're like. Whatever. Whatever. If they lived or died, I wouldn't have cared. That <laughs> right. Somebody has failed somewhere. If Ben Affleck got hit by a bus, it'd be fine. Like, well, I didn't expect it to end that way, but right. you know, whatever, whatever. What time is it? Yeah, exactly. Let's go drink. <laughs> um, so I would give this a, I give it a six, six point two. Yeah, I'd give it a six point eight. Mediocre movie done well. Yes, and like good characters. I mean, right. good actors. Okay. And the last... Oh, yeah. So yesterday we decided to check out Barney's version, which Mm -hmm. we talked about a little bit earlier, um, which has uh, Paul Giamatti, 
Minnie Driver, Dustin Hoffman. Um, Who's the wife? I don't know who this, the third wife was. Or the first wife. Who's the first I don't wife? Know. We can look it up. All right. Um, there were other people in it. Oh, Scott Speedman. Right. Um, I guess that a lot of guys were recognizable, like the cop. I've seen him in other. He was in that. He's on that show. It was on like CBS or something called Still Standing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's actually like a funny Irish guy. Right. It was kind of a stupid role for him, but whatever. (laughs) Um, um, But basically, is about a man named Barney, who it tells the story of his life and. Uh, this is based on a book too i don't know if the book's true or if any of it's true but um it's about a guy he's canadian probably should mention that i'm just kidding um but he when the story starts out you can see like you're not sure if this guy's a jerk or not um he's kind of pissy to people real curmudgeonly and grumpy um but as as it kind of plods along he's got kind of a, a weird situation that's happened with his best friend um, that you're not sure what happened with, like the 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 friend is suspected of being killed, and you're not sure if Barney did it or not. And there's the cop that we were talking about, sort of blames him and writes a book about it. But um, Barney, throughout his adventures, one of one of which is the biggest one where he meets the woman he eventually marries and stays married to for quite a long period of time at his wedding to another woman. So it's sort of this like tongue in cheek kind of funny. Um, Oh, look at this Barney guy again. What's right. he up to? But also a lot more profound because you can tell he's he's very well intended, but just doesn't kind of execute very well. Right. So. It's a you know cliched premise done in a very artful, absolutely to me wonderful way. I really, oh, yeah. I I went into it expecting to be mildly entertained, right? But I really loved the movie, yes. especially Paul Giamatti's role and. Um, the wife, I can't we'll, we'll look see her, her name. Yeah. She did a really good job, too. She did. And like you said, the makeup with him aging was done really well. Yes. The supporting cast was great. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, another person I thought could have been nominated. His, I mean, he really stood out. Yes, if absolutely. It, if Paul Giamatti hadn't been so great, Hoffman could have stolen that movie. Totally. Just totally. with a few moments that he was on, on screen. Everything I see Paul Giamatti in, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Like, I wish he would do more stuff. I wish he was around more. Like, he's so funny. And so you can tell he doesn't take himself seriously. But at the same time, he takes the role seriously. Right. He's just. And he, he kind of plays, or he frequently kind of plays the same guy. Right. Like, he played Harvey Picar in uh, American Splinter. Right. Was that the name of it? Yep. And um, there have been a couple of other movies where he's just like, you know, uh belligerent and <laughs> kind of rude yeah like. he's like a modern day uh what's his name in the christmas carol um scrooge yeah 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 but there's something very lovable about him it's like and like you said in this movie he's well-intentioned he just he he means to do the right thing but he just makes bad choices right, right. and um but he's kind of a slump and even the way he holds himself, he's like, you just want to give the guy a hug. <laughs> Tell him to straighten up. <laughs> yeah, like stand up straight. <laughs> just rub his head. He's got the sad dog eye, puppy dog eyes. But, but that's he, how he is in every... I think that's why he plays kind of the same person, because that's, it seems like that's maybe a little bit of him. It probably is. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I haven't watched the uh, John Adams miniseries yet. I haven't either. Yet. I'm curious to see what that's like, because right. John Adams was much more regal than right. the characters he typically plays. Yeah. But he's a you know smoke smoker alcohol. Well, yeah. He he likes to drink. Drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Love cigars. Yeah. 
I love the the relationship that he ends up having with the woman who plays his third wife is wonderful. Like yeah. you you can see you can tell the struggle between the two of them. You can see why she loves him so much to fight the fact that despite the fact that he's such a, sh- a schmuck. Right. And that and why she's so great and like just exactly what he needs. So yeah. speaking of like emotional investment, this was a movie where you like literally every character you feel some kind of compassion kinship or kinship yeah, yeah totally totally i mean even the the kids yeah who when you have teenagers and their parents may be having trouble or whatever and they become complete assholes mm-hmm. by it you know you could really even relate to the emotions of the children right, right um yeah i mean i and i'm a romantic i love films that are romantic without being schmaltzy yes and, and just middle. yeah this was one of them and you could tell despite everything that this guy loved this woman right so and, but there was so much more to the movie than that, just that. Exactly. So to me, it was probably one of the top ten films I've seen this year. Yeah, um, absolutely. I loved it. So. And not even just that he loved that woman. He seemed to love all of the people. Yeah, even the people that friends. he treated like crap. Right. You find out that he really loved, loved these them. people so much. Right. They may have upset him and irritated him. But he did things that you wouldn't expect him to do. Right. That's why you can't hate this guy no matter... What no, no matter what he does out of insecurity or misgivings yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I would give this movie a nine and a half. Yes, I would do the same. Because it was awesome. I would definitely say go see it. And I'm kind of bummed that it got a little shut out from the Oscars because that was a great role for Paul Giamatti. And he should have gotten nominated. Even the wife, she, she could have she could supporting have character. That was Dustin great. Hoffman. Even the movie itself, yeah, could have been nominated for Writing, best picture, yeah, or best adapted screenplay. Well, since yeah, it was on a book. Right? Well, I got that nominated. It got that's nominated right, for that. That's right. Well, maybe I should have changed my vote for that then. <laughs> Seven point four. Huh. I, I don't think it's getting a lot of press. Okay, so let's see who Uh all these yahoos are. There we go. Miriam. No. Where do you see that? Miriam Grant Panofsky. Oh, Rosamund Pike. No, that wasn't her, was it? Click on her picture. That was her. Oh, that was her. My God, she did a great job with that. She's beautiful, too. She is beautiful. And, yeah, I mean, she's, what, 20... 31, 30, yeah, 32. They did a great job of yeah. making her look older. I know. Yeah, so. She's beautiful. And it, oh, yeah, I got nominated for that, too. Didn't yeah, it? makeup. Makeup, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, wonderful movie. Yeah, Definitely go see it. Definitely see it. Bright, little bright spot. Yep. And if there's any movies you would like for us to see or review, you can email us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. I am going to, when we post this one, yeah. I'm going to add it to Facebook. Okay. I've been lazy on that. so. Yeah. And uh, we would really like to hear from someone yes. besides Emily's mom. And my she's mom. not even calling about the podcast. My mom. <laughs> we don't, I don't hear from her anyway. Maybe Joe. Joe, we just want to see if you're okay. We miss you, Joe. We do miss you. William's like actually sorry that he made fun of you so much. No. <sighs> such a jerk. Our only fan and you make fun of him all the time. Well, I thought he liked it. No, he was just being nice. Oh. 
So let me ask you something. Okay. If someone said, if you died, uh-huh. and someone said she died doing what she made loved. It, yeah, she died doing what she loved, what would that be? Um, uh, how do you, uh, I would probably be, let's see, if, if it was truly what I loved, I would be on the water somewhere, like overlooking the water or on the beach or something, surrounded by the people I love. Oh, that's nice. What would you be doing? I think I would be in a... Farting in a pillow? No, I don't want to die doing that. That's too enjoyable. I want to live through that. <laughs> tell my grandkids about it (laughs) i think i would want to uh if i were in a smoky jazz club in paris i just keeled over nice yeah just keeled over yeah but that's it what made you ask that question um i heard somebody use that phrase this week and it made me think you know i wonder what different people yeah what everyone's version of what they loved is right yeah Besides the obvious. Right, right. Died uh, boning two chicks in my uh, <laughs> toma- tomato garage. garden. Tomato <laughs> garden. No, no. That's not where people bone chicks. Really? No. Huh. They you obviously bone them in that. the asparagus patch. <laughs> Ooh. All right. right. Well. We're going to do another one of these soon. Probably, are we? Probably. What are we going to talk about? I don't know, because we're kind of boring people. We are. We uh, Emily took me to a new bar last night. A new for me. <laughs> we're not going to do a recommendation on that. Uh, no, if you uh, want to go to a seedy, slightly scary uh, redneck bar that plays R&B and hip-hop and t- also has karaoke, check out Lucky's. Yeah. Ask for... Uh, I'm going to call him Ricardo. I don't know his name, but he... He's like a superhero. Oh, yeah. Puts yeah. his hands up, fist on his hips, they, leans back. <laughs> they said his name because he actually sang a really crappy version of Suspicious Minds by Elvis. Yeah. I can't remember. It was like Glenn or Paul or something. Yeah. Anyway, I left my credit card there last night. Yes. And they were kind enough to not... It's always suspect when you leave your credit card somewhere because they can like add gratuities and right. F you he over. He didn't do that. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. And I checked my account You know, as soon as I got it. But uh, the funny thing is, I was talking to you about how often people leave their wallets and credit cards. Right. Um, but there's a difference between leaving it on the bar. Yes. That's just stupid. Yeah. But it happens <laughs> quite often. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. You're going to be just fine, William. You think? Yeah. <sighs> Great. I think you'll be okay. So. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Again, email address. Vagabond exchange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye. I'm straight up gangster, and I always keeps one in the chamber in case you ponder. I looked up and Ronald was talking like a ghetto person. But I do a pretty convincing Omar from the HBO program The Wire.